Juniper Junie Haraway, an inexperienced sorceress with explosive magic, drifts in from Rancho Paseo Prime, where the loss of her grandfather and his magical expertise makes spell slinging as the superhero mystic all the more challenging. Catherine Cat Slain II, the seasoned dimension traveler and daughter of the supervillain Transition, drifts in from Dimension 78341, Arcadia, an apocalyptic world being overtaken by supervillains. Quintessential hero, the naturally blue-haired Nada protagonist, drifts in from Rancho Paseo Prime, a world where he's trying to live a normal life surrounded by far too many heroes, villains, and expectations. Daisy Pemberton, a.k.a. La Chine Lapin, the multiverse's most adorable thief, drifts in from Dimension 90909, where her heists torment the social elite with whom she used to be friends. The great glittering gala ball gown that is the multiverse shimmers and twists against blackness. Here and there, flashes shine out, points brighter than the brightness that is the ribbon, drawing the eye with their sparkling strangeness. Come closer. The flashes draw in the eye, pull attention towards them like magnets. Closer. Follow the beacon down over the city, through the clear night sky alive with stars, over the rooftops and through the streets, to where at last it splashes against the ground like a pool of moonlight closer still. The building is lit up as bright as day, tall marble columns bathed in colored lights, warm illumination pouring from the open front doors. A crowd is gathered around the door, just held back by velvet ropes and stern-looking men in heavily antlered moose and black suits. They chatter like birds, and indeed some of them in fact are. One after the other, limousines pull up to the curb and let out their passengers, all dressed as brightly as the building. When each one arrives, there is a brief hush. And then the waiting crowd surges forward, voices questioning and microphones outstretched. Hey, super fans! This is Julia Litt of That's Lit with Julia Litt coming to you live from the Rancho Paseo Society of Fine Arts Black and White Gala. It is a gorgeous night here in downtown Rancho, and we've got a front seat for the best and worst dress of the evening. Oh, the guests are starting to arrive. Of course, Genevieve Monquois and her her name is so hard to pronounce. You think she would have the decency of changing it to something? At any rate. She and her husband are the first to, ooh, fantastic dress. Black sheath, plunge back, high neck. Amazing. I wonder if we can, Mrs. Monquois, can I? Fine. Well, I guess she is one of tonight's hosts. Oh, and here comes Ginger Vance. She's got on, daring is always a good word for Ginger. White satin bandeau top and skin, or should I say fur, tight satin pants. And her trademark diamond polished claws. I don't know if this look is best or worst, but she's certainly a cat you won't forget. Speaking of cats, the Fair Isles have just driven up. Chantilly and Cyrano, conservative as always. They've had the same tailor for years. Not adventurous, not interesting, but I suppose when you're as old as they are, you just want to cover up the places where your fur is a little thin, right? Oh, your face. Uh, my notes say Catalina Huerta, an unknown till just a few months ago with her experimental art pieces when they started going for amazing prices. She's some sort of teen prodigy or whatever. She is going to be on the best dress list tonight. Tool skirt, gem studded. That's, let's see if I can get an interview. This is where it's at. Oh my God, you will not believe who just drove up. 
okay, we thought he was on tour in Europe or I don't know if he was in rehab, maybe, whatever. We thought he was there, but he just, right? Quintessential harmony. Uh, hey, uh, Quint, Quint, over here. And uh, describe your entrance here. Incredibly shiny white patent leather step out of the limo and Quint climbs out. At first glance, he is wearing a simple yet blindingly white three-piece tuxedo. But in further inspection, the tuxedo itself is covered in subtle white embroidery in the shapes of serpentine dragons dancing serpentine dragons dancing through a field of flowers. He is wearing a mask made out of white silver filigree, with of course his glasses on top. The only color is that of his bright blue hair, worked up to full anime brilliance. Okay, so you step out. Who are you escorting out first? Once I step out of the limo, I reach back in and I think, would it be Daisy or, or Larsheen, uh, who is Quinn State here? Oh, if it was Larsheen, that would be incredibly scandalous. <laughs> I mean, that could be fun too. <laughs> oh, wanted camera of Larsheen. No, uh, it's Daisy. And what is she wearing? I'm assuming a black dress on white fur. Yeah, she's definitely wearing black because Quint's wearing white and you want the black and the white. Maybe like like a A-line skirt type of thing. So it's like fitted in the bodice and then it like kind of like puffs out because it has a little bit of a tulle underskirt. Maybe it's like a little bit of black like coming out of the bottom. Yeah, almost going toward like sort of rockabilly but fancy. It's kind of the vibe I'm getting here. Yeah, that makes sense. And then you can have like a, a, a tool bow on your ear because that's how rabbits do, right? She definitely looks more on the cute side of the cute to fancy spectrum because that's kind of what you go for. You show her out of the limo first. And then how are your other guests? I think I reach back into the limo and, and grab the next person. Junie will come next. So she is wearing a black dress, of course, and it has a velvet material for most of it. And it's it's like it almost has a deep V, but instead of bare skin, it's a floral lace covering the chest and down into the V. And then the rest of the dress is that velvet material. So it's reflecting the lights that are shining upon it. But the sleeves are interesting. They are another lace, but instead of the floral material, they're actually like small little dots. And they're loose material that actually flows down her arms and bunches up at her wrists, which move very dramatically as she walks or moves her arms. Very nice. And her hair is pulled up into like a um, braid bun crown on the back of her head. So when... uh gets Daisy out. Julia lets like, eh, whatever, this is normal. And then Junie comes out and she's kind of got her head. And then are you going to show Kat out of the limo next? Oh, yeah. What is she wearing and looking like? All right. Time to do something I'm horrible at. Describe clothing. It is a dress. <laughs> it is a dress. It is made of material. <laughs> and it is all cat. That's probably how Kat would describe it in character. <laughs> so Kat's sort of like, both like beautiful and kind of terrifying at the same time. Her dress is a full body length. One arm exposed and the other one in a kind of like 
somewhat see-through, lacy material down up with like a some very nice black floral pattern on it. Shows off like her muscles very well and her very prominent facial scars on full display. So how are you arranging yourself? Are you all on Quint's arms? He's missing an extra arm. Cat's suggestion for like how they enter is like Quint and Daisy first mm-hmm. and then uh, Cat and Junie uh, behind them. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, I'm very okay with this. Okay, so Julia goes up to Quint first, obviously, uh, and is like, how are you doing? Who's uh, who, who are you wearing tonight? I'm wearing Quintessential, of course. Oh, I forgot you were turning out your fashion line. Totally. So why are you here? And I, I mean, I, I get this whole Miss Pembleton thing. Great. She's fantastic. But what's Miss Lawson going to say? Are you guys on the outs again? It's a private affair. Since when? Since now. I guess. But uh, okay. Well, whatever. Um, what about your friends who, who are, who are camera like pans over to Junie and Kat? Um, well, you already know the lovely Daisy childhood friend. And then we have here. Juniper and Cat. Uh, Cat is going to cross her arms and look scary. <laughs> <laughs> Julia does a double take and then she's like, I, I, I'm, I'm into, I'm feeling this. I'm, I'm definitely feeling this. And she, she turns, brings her microphone around. How do you guys feel being on the, well, behind the arm of one of the most eligible, not at all bachelors in Rancho Paseo? Cat's going to like turn to Quinn. Like, do you want me to get rid of her boss? No, no, no. Go ahead and just play along. Quintessential, I'm hurt. You always want to talk to me and now you're going to have to get rid of me? I thought we were friends. Julia, the resting, terrifying face is part of why I hired her. So I think at this point, we're going to actually bring in the custom move that we're going to be using for this session just to get everything set up. So this is one Eric made. It's called imposter syndrome. When you try to pass off yourself off as your other self during a tense moment to people who would know them, ask the following questions. Is this a conversation that you have planned or have had to prepare for or you have prepared for? Do you have insider information that's relevant to this situation? And are you dressed or made up appropriately for this other self? And then role plus superior. So how do you feel about those questions, uh, Quint? Definitely feel like I would have been prepped for a Julia Lit interview. Absolutely. You have insider <laughs> info here? The only thing I might have is information about the person he's supposed to be dating and them having a fight or something like that. Yeah. Daisy, how much do you think you would tell Quint about his other self who has been on and off again with this girl forever? Oh, Madison is kind of a bitch to Daisy. So Daisy is very much dishing every scandalous detail she knows. Got it. All right. And then uh, you're dressed up properly. So you got three there. So then you're all plus superior. And for every no, you would subtract one. But since you have all yeses. Oh, that is an 11. Nice. So the results for this move are on a hit. They're fooled at least for a moment. On a seven to nine, you mark a condition or a complication arises in the situation. The GM will tell you how you raise suspicions, gain a tag along or get saddled with a new responsibility. And on a miss, you're either found out or you're hopelessly embroiled in it and under pressure and you mark a condition. So I'm going to lean into Julia and just whisper to her in a... This is just between you and me, but... Of course. Madison isn't exactly happy with me right now. Oh, why? Mom's the word. That's not fair. You can't, you can't give me a hint like that. Come on. So much more fun to be an enigma, isn't it? No. For me, it is. Well, have 
on in there, I guess. Are you going to bid on any of the art pieces? Uh, I, I saw that Miss um, uh, Huerta, didn't you go to school with Catalina for a little while? What did you think of her art? I like to listen to my art critic friends. They seem to have many more opinions about them than I do. So you might say you're not particularly educated when it comes to commenting on art. I wouldn't say educated, but I am just so far above most of these. Uh, I'm gonna okay. I'll remember that that you're you're definitely too sophisticated for art. Well, go ahead and go on inside. I have I have a to interview now. Uh, she kind of turns away. It seems like the she got her quote. The I am too sophisticated for art quote was what she was looking for, and she's got it. So she's gonna turn back to the next people coming in. Oh my god, I hate this so much. Just making the other Quince life so much harder now. (laughs) So the place you've driven up to is, it's um, the Rancho Paseo, like, not convention center, but it's where all of these big events are held. It's like hall slash theater thing. Sparkling glass front, all big windows, very just modern, like two-story. If you've ever seen the Mondavi Center at Davis, it looks a lot like that. It's just these beautiful, like, not columns, not old fashioned, but like very modern marble inlay on the thing. And there's a red carpet leading up to it, flashy bright lights. Uh, and there's a big banner up at the top that says Venture Paseo Society for Fine Arts, black and white gala in flowy black and white font and art auction. God, this reminds me of dad's house. All right. <laughs> there are um, no one's checking t- uh, like tickets or anything, because if you try to get into that, they'll know who's supposed to come in. So you are shown into the uh, like foyer of this. What signs do you have that this is for the rich people of the world? What's really over the top lush that's happening here? There's definitely like servers just going around with caviar. Speaking of servers, they actually all seem to be some sort of dog, probably golden retrievers holding the little trays. Oh, that is adorable. Yeah, it's very cute. They have their little little vests, uh, jackets on, little like waiter coats, but their tails are going like crazy because they're really excited. So, and they're, they're walking around with everybody. Oh my God. Junie, what do you see that's a food that you don't recognize from your dimension? I imagine because there are a lot of animal people here that there are foods that humans might not see as so palatable. So like one thing I'm imagining is like, grass but like tied into like fancy like almost like origami-ish shapes origami grass oh i love it yes like different kinds and there's different flavors of it woven into little shapes perfect i love the idea of flavors of grass the other thing that's circulating is glasses of liquid one of them sort of a brownish color and one's a greenish color and you guys are a little unclear on what those are but they're on trays like with the champagne and everything too Cat, who is the person that draws your eye first? What do they look like? Hmm. I'm just contemplating pulling someone from my respect uh, because I've wanted to do something with her. Let's say that this dimension's version of Imaginarium is here. Oh, let me look for uh, Ah, yes. Okay. So you recognize uh, who in, the person in Prime is, is known as Imaginarium. In this, did you ever give her a, uh, a a human name? Let's call her Alexandra De Leon. Kat has been to this dimension before, so she knows that heroes aren't really heroes. But Alexandra does actually use her powers much like Quint does. So she is dressed in this 
it would be a white, a very plain white gown, but very long. But she's using her powers to make reality sort of warp around it. So it looks like smoke just constantly moving around her body. And she is surrounded by like an entourage of people who are clearly very enamored of her and just sort of holding court there near one of the art pieces. Hey, she has a bigger court than I do. The other thing that's going on in this space is that there are art sort of at random. It's probably some like feng shui sophisticated layout or something, but it just kind of looks like they're all over the place. And the art itself is all entirely black and white. And the focal point of the evening, you can tell sort of the way this is laid out in the center of the room on a raised platform that almost is like a stage. There's a glass, a faceted glass case and you can see in the center lit with perfect spots is this giant fist-sized precious gem. Oh, great. It's right in the middle of the crowd. Well, no one said this was going to be easy. Where would the fun in that be? And I think that that's the cue to our first flashback here. So we're going to flash back to Lushin telling everybody what she's after. So set the stage. We're back in the library again. Back in Kenzie's secret headquarters. Yes. Where she does her girl in the chair stuff during our operations. And she is, of course, taking notes and doing as you guys are describing things. She's actually drawing in a holographic pen. So it comes out and you have a little hologram of the building. And looking adorable. So what's your heist for? So the goal of the heist is to steal as much art as possible. The court is using it as a fundraiser. So the less they have to auction, the less funds they have to work with. However, our primary target, we cannot miss this, is the Orlov Diamond, maybe the largest whole black diamond in the world and rumored to be cursed. Hopefully those curses are hints of a supernatural power that we can use to help turn the tables against the court here. Do we need to do a fundraiser? Like, aren't they like all like ridiculously wealthy? They are ridiculously wealthy. Money laundering to use for illicit activities, replenishing funds some nefarious thief has absconded with from their private saves. Yeah, turn dirty money into clean money here. This diamond, as, uh, as Lushin is talking about it, again, that image is pulled up. And this is the, this, the precious gem that Junie responded to in the ad. It's the same one. Obviously, the hologram doesn't trigger the same reaction, but it's definitely one that she felt drawn to. This is, I, I saw an ad for this earlier and there is something magic about it. I'm sure of it. And with that, we'll flash back to the flash forward, go to the back to the real event. So <laughs> there's a lot of just sort of circulating to do. Are you guys going to move around in a group or what's, what's your plan here? All right. Stick together at first. You, she'll point at Quint, need to at least put in some, I guess, casual smoozing. Usually how these things work. Uh got that list of people you should probably walk by and exchange a few words otherwise I'll feel snubbed and things could get ugly. <laughs> uh, people in the crowd are definitely room like the, the it's whispers are rustling around about oh he's here. I thought he was in Ibiza. Oh no he's got out of rehab like two months ago. That kind of stuff. It, it wasn't drug rehab by the way. It was popularity rehab. You were on too many reality TV shows and you couldn't really adjust to real life. So they put you in rehab. I hate this Quint so much. <laughs> Be nice to my friend. Wow. <laughs> All right, we smooth. 
to a first dance. We do a first dance and we split up on the second dance. That makes sense to me. Uh, should we go scout out this black diamond? See what kind of security they have right around it? I want to get closer to it. Yeah. And to look casual as they walk through the crowd, I think Junie has uh, linked her arm in cats. Yeah, so you guys are able to kind of work your way through the crowd. Uh, right now, it seems like the people here are mostly adults. There are a few teenagers and you're not sure how to judge the age of the animal people. But for the most part, they're adults. But as you drift toward uh, where the diamond is, you seem that there, there are groups where younger people are and someone breaks off to come over to you. She's, I don't know, three and a half, four feet tall, ginger colored cat with little pointy ears. And she's wearing white pants and a white top and she her, her claws are sparkling. Wind, I haven't seen you in ages. So do I know who this is? So actually, that's a good point. This is part of the, the bringing up to speed. So Daisy absolutely knows. This is Ginger Vance, who is basically the up, upper class mean girl of all mean girls. She's like the queen bee. She always is surrounded by people. So I imagine you've been briefed on she's in charge and she will insult people if she can, but probably not you because you're too high status. She definitely makes a comment about you having a bad hair day. <laughs> Yeah, did you get a haircut? I'm I'm really sorry. Oh no, that was a dig at Daisy being there. Oh, that's funny. Sorry, I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't do puns. Oh, I do exclusively puns. <laughs> Everything I've said so far has been a pun. I appreciate it. Just just indicate it to me so I can I can actually respond. Anyway, <laughs> she does still insult his hair though. <laughs> I'm going to reach out for her hand and do the kiss of the hand thing. And, oh, I do love what you've done with your nails. Though, honestly, that last barb was so dull, I had thought you'd been declawed. Is that supposed to be an insult? Okay, just just, just wondering. Um, no, I, I, I do like manicures, remember? I'm going to make you roll for this again to actually pass by her. Sure, this is going to be terrible. So let's ask those, those questions again. Um, you are dressed properly. Have you you've, you've planned for this conversation? Do you have any information about her? Did Daisy give you any tips? I don't think there would be anything in particular for the queen bee because I, I feel like this is her territory. Yeah, it is. Okay, so then a minus one to your roll plus superior. Still an eight. Nice. So seven to nine, you can either mark a condition or you're going to have a complication added. It's too early to start making things complicated. So I'll take a condition. I'll do hopeless. I'm not really feeling this. This is everything that I hate about being famous. Ginger, dear Quint, she sort of pets, pats your arm, strokes your arm. But she seems like you've lost her interest. Like, I don't think she was expecting actual pushback. So she's kind of, this is boring. And she turns and goes off to harass somebody else. Just She does not acknowledge the other three at all. Just sort of walks away with her tail swishing. God, why didn't you warn me how much I would hate her? Oh, I thought that part was obvious. Could I roll to try and steal something from her? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do an unleash for that. Cool. Hey, it's a seven. Nice. <laughs> do you want to do something unstable or temporary or take a condition for this? I'm going to mark angry. I think I forgot how frustrating coming to these events with Quint 
can be because I get overlooked more than normal when he's around, mm. which isn't his fault. But. What did you steal off of Ginger here? I want to say like an ankle bracelet that she's been flaunting at school for like a week. Yes, she has gotten like, it's ironic, totally ironic, because it's a chain with one of those little heart, not heart, uh, fish-shaped like cat ID tags that has her name on it and diamonds. Um, and it, it's totally a joke, but no one is getting it. So, yeah, you, you are now the proud possession of a ID tag that says Ginger on it. All right. Uh, you continue to drift toward... Yep, still want to drift towards the diamond. So, the next person that you sort of encounter on this, um, this pat promenade, Daisy, you recognize him as one of the newest transfers to your school. He said he's, he's just transferred in from a Swiss boarding school uh, where it had just been, eh, he wasn't getting the proper like challenge. Um, and he's been at your school for maybe a couple weeks. His name is Rain. And obviously the other two people here, three people here, this is your Rain. I mean, his other self, obviously, but he, except he's dressed compared to your Rain, who's sort of soft and flowy and pretty more. This guy is sharp. He's got like tailored clothes and he has sitting on his shoulder a small monkey uh, with just gold fur. It's, uh, and just he's very, very pretty monkey uh, who's clearly talking to him. I'm surprised it wasn't like a, a tuxedo monkey. It's like the, the one in the golden compass. Yeah, this is, it's a golden lion tamarind, so it's fairly small, but it's really pretty. Is it in a tuxedo at least? No, it's in a gold sheath dress. Not sheath dress, a gold, a gold sequiny Color. Oh shit, I forgot. Black and white. Sorry. Silver sequin dress. Gold oh. fur, silver clothes. Uh, so he, he drifts his way over. Hishley uh, goes to Daisy first. Daisy, you look lovely tonight. Oh my God. Hi, Rain. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You look great. Thank you. Hi, princess. And she, she waves. Um, princess doesn't talk a lot. She doesn't like her voice. She tends to talk really high and it, it makes her really uncomfortable. So she tends to try to limit how much she talks. I've never been to something like this. Are we supposed to do something or do we just stand here and look at stuff? Oh my God. It's like so totally boring. You just stand around until the dancing starts. And then the dancing's kind of like frumpy. They don't really play dance music here. They did teach us how to tango, and I think foxtrot at my school. Are those that kind of thing, or is it more like a waltz, or... Um, I think mostly, like, just slow dancing stuff. They might do a waltz if they're feeling super fancy. He's nodding knowingly. What about all this art? Like, why are there all these... I mean, they're all in cases. Do they think someone's going to do something that's really insulting? Oh my God. So like, you totally didn't hear this from me because I totally didn't hear this from my mom, but there's like a thief going around stealing stuff from everyone. And she like threatened to rob the whole gala. So everyone who's watching him can roll pierce the mask if you'd like. Sure, why not? So everybody feels, except, except for Daisy, who... No, actually, probably more the altar part, the Larshine part of you notices that as you say there's a thief, he does seem startled. And then when you say she's circulating, he goes back into his normal tranquil expression. Well, if there's going to be dancing, then save a dance for me later. Oh, totally. 
I'm sure Quint will be super popular. So I'll need someone else to dance with. I don't want to dance with Quint. Well, that's rather rude. Hi. Oh, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't actually see you there. I think when she says that, she like gives Quint an elbow to the thigh, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Like she's clearly joshing you. Daisy, aren't you going to introduce me to your friend? Oh, yeah, totally. Quinty, this is Rain, who's from Switzerland, and Princess, who's super sweet. Hi. Nice to meet you. Her voice is very small. Hi. So, how did you get an invite to something like this? It was easy. I mean, I guess people just kind of like me. They like to have me around. I was under the impression that this was supposed to be a uh, a limited uh, event. He theatrically looks around. I don't see that many people here. I mean, just like going to our school, you're like top of the cream of the crop, so. I mean, I don't know. That sounds a little vain. I just, I just personally think that I like to be nice to people and people like to have an interest taken in them. Right. Well, I really want to take a look at this diamond. So Daisy, Juniper, Kat, why don't we head over and take a look? Ray knows he's being snubbed, but he's very gracious. (laughs) I'll see you later and sort of turns and melds back into the crowd. And you guys get to where this diamond is. There are a lot of people around kind of looking at it and milling around, but no one's particularly... You don't come to these things to actually look at the art. Um, you come to be seen looking at the art. So that was totally Rain, right? Yep. Yep, that was him. Okay. I wonder if he has a TV show. <laughs> Everyone has a TV show. Does he have a TV show where you're from? It's complicated. He'd probably be like super popular. It's like re- it's like a reality show kind of thing. Oh, I mean, really, more closer to wrestling. Yeah, um, he he didn't even have a foil card. Uh, so yeah, the, the diamond is exactly what I described. This huge fish fist-sized black diamond. It's uh suspended or uh, resting on a clear, pronged, rusty thing inside a box. Inside a glass case of faceted glass, focused, targeted lights, the whole thing. It's really beautiful, very sparkly. Quinn's going to reach out for the display case and see if anything happens as he tries to touch it. Are you fucking kidding me? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, alarms go off like crazy, but they're very, they're very like respectful alarms. They sound like bells. And then some people in obviously a tuxes, but very, very large men and very, very large women and a lion wearing tuxes sort of walk over to you and stand there. Uh, Mr. Harmony, uh, please don't touch the art. Well, it just looked like it was calling out to me. You can make a bid, but please don't touch it until you bol- it belongs to you. Well, I don't know how much to put down if I haven't been able to touch it and to hold it. Uh, they're really doubtful here. Go ahead and you want to roll it. I'd roll to do something. I think I want to roll. Are you watching closely? Sure. Because, <laughs> yeah. It is one of my favorite moves. Cop. <laughs> that is a 14. Oh wow. God. I'm looking for exposing a weakness and avoiding further entanglement. Let's see. I could either do confuse them for some time because that's fun or uh, get an opportunity so that we can get the, get the ball rolling on stealing it. What would be more fun? I have an idea for an opportunity. Sure, let's go for that then. Uh, what kind of opportunity are you thinking? If this is creating a kind of distraction, it could give one of us a chance to plant some sort of tech gizmo 
that helps Kenzie get a backdoor to the security system. I'm cool with that if uh, you are, Lee. That makes sense. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's sweet. Okay, so the guards, they believe you're this dumb, fortunately. <laughs> uh, it, it fits the character you play. So they sort of, they're not, they're not posturing, they're not threatening. They're just like, they would pat you on the head if they could. You still can't touch the art. We do understand. I mean, you want to have a sensory experience. We've heard about how into really experiencing things you are, but you can't go in there. What you do learn from this, though, is that there's cameras focused on, obviously, there's some sort of proximity sensor that, that is a because that you didn't actually even get your hand on the glass before they came over. But you also are able to tell that there is definitely some sort of tech system on this glass case. And who, who's going to plant something on it? I think cats are one of the power set for this. Got it. So I'm actually, you know, let's go ahead and do a little bit of a flashback here. Let's flashback to prepping the tech for this and for outfitting yourself. So we'll start in the library where Kenzie actually hands you, she hands it to Kat because Kat seems to know what she's doing. It's a small like little bag. When Kat looks in it, what's in there? What all equipment have you been given? Uh, spy shit. All right. Exactly. Well, earpieces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pulling out earpieces for sure. And um, those like, it's a microphone you actually can glue on your neck that they can't, that's got like a flesh color over it. Or we, we're going to just be wearing chokers. I think daisies might need to be in a necklace because I don't think they can get it through, to, through the fur to the skin, but it, it'll pick up your, the vibrations of your speech and pass that through the earpieces so you can talk that way. What else is in your little bag of stuff? There's a collection of, um, that's one of what I should say. Explosives. No, not explosives. Damn. Well, one of them is this the small device that Kat is about to plant near the diamond. And it's like, uh, well, almost how I want to describe how it looks is like the thingamabob from Into the Spider-Verse, where it's like, it's got like some kind of like almost motherboard looking thing, but it's yeah. so small if you put it in the wrong spot. Oh yeah, the, uh, the goober. The goober. And... <laughs> Um, it will like stick to a thing and then proximity wise communicate with the electronics near it. Perfect. So yeah, there's, there's actually, I think there are two of those in this bag. And also we're going to have sort of a, a Schrodinger's device when you need it that you've got in this little purse thing. But this device gets stuck on there and you hear over your headphones. Oh, cool. Okay. Give me like 15 minutes to figure this out. I think the camera... Cuts to Quint, who is just like, I at least need to know how it harmonizes. How am I supposed to, I'm supposed to just bid on something blind? The the guard sort of is like, you're wearing him down. Uh, you know, I, I can talk to Mrs. Monclaw or to, to Cinders if you'd like. It seems really unlikely, though. I'm really sorry. Uh, but, you know, maybe maybe if you like want to sing with it or something you can hold it while you sing uh, but I, like i said i can't I, I just i just get paid to watch the thing that is a wonderful idea after all harmony is quintessential <laughs> yes. oh that's clever can i have your autograph and sort of quietly my daughter <laughs> is a huge fan and i know it's not really very professional but like she would love it her, her name is lisa quint will sign it it's like a dapkin. 
Okay. So to keep your hands off unless, you know, you've got permission. Okay. Fine. I'll look, I'll, I'll go ask Mrs. Monkwap, but it's going to take a while. Okay. And he like sort of wanders away with purpose, but. Once he walks away, Quint just slumps and, oh God, how long do I have to keep this up? Oh, several hours at least. You really don't enjoy this, do you? <laughs> all right. So the, it seems like everyone who's going to be here has arrived because it's, all, it's now fashionably late. Uh, and the lights do just a little dip to let you know that the, the event's going to start. And Genevieve Monkwa steps to the platform by the giant diamond. Where are you guys arranging yourselves? It's, it's not a very high platform, but it's such that anybody standing on it will be visible. Above the crowd, are you guys going to put yourself close, far away? I think front row uh, makes the most sense for us. Cool. Um, she does not, Jenny doesn't care. Uh, you're a kid, whatever. You're a famous kid, but you're still a kid. Uh, but she looks around and smiles. Welcome to the 2020 Rancho Paseo Society for Fine Arts Black and White Gala and Art Auction. We're so glad you're all here and we're so glad you're going to be able to contribute to our help for the homeless puppies in Rancho Paseo. Uh, please take a look at all the art. The dancing and music will be starting soon. We have a very special band performing today, uh, local. And of course, all of our, our aid will be supporting them as well and the art scene here. Uh, please bid luxuriously. And she sort of bows and steps down. And the lights do a little dippy thing. And there's, you, the musicians are now coming, coming up to set up on the stage. All right, so I guess the dance is going to start soon. So what's the play here? Well, putting some more appearances. Lights are dimming. Should have an opportunity to strategically position ourselves and sneak away. I don't think that's going to include me, as like people are probably whispering around him. Yeah, there's more. Um, oh, he's here, he's here. Uh but that's all, also has gone around the room now. So they're mostly just waiting for you to do something scandalous because that's like a quaint thing. I mean, not, not necessarily like like rude or anything, but big. And you've been really quiet so far. You're even like, like low-key dressed. Like you're not even super splat flashy. This is low-key. Is low key. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you, you hear people, there's two people talking behind you. What is he wearing? Is, is it, that's really boring. Is he like on a fast or something? Like a fashion fast? Not to be confused with fast fashion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So are you guys going to split up into groups when the lights go down? I want to make sure I know what I'm getting into here. I think that's a good plan. So, Yeah. So we go into the a pair for sneaking and a pair for distracting. But we were going to do a dance first, right? Yes. Because yeah, there's I, no way that Quint's entourage wouldn't be on the dance floor first, right? Mm -hmm. Did you guys practice this in advance? Did you like... like choreograph this? Oh, I'm sure Kat has come up with something. I, I think I'm going to go with yes. So let's flash back to that. We're going to do a choreography montage here. Where is this going to take place? On the high school field, maybe? Probably by, like, the shipping container base that Larchine has, or... Ah, that cool for, for, a, for a dance montage? Quint is showing uh, them, like, dance moves that his dad does Definitely not high fashion sort of dancing, but very flashy. So which one of you is the one that picks it up immediately and is just really good, looks better than Quint does? Which one of you guys? You all? Cat. 
Okay. So Kat <laughs> looks amazing. Um, she's got this grace that's just like almost supernatural. And I think that they're, they've given you like a sheet to wrap around your waist to simulate the skirt so you can actually like make sure you can do it. So you've got like a tablecloth tied around your waist while you're being really pretty and dancing. Uh, who's the one that just kind of is like two steps behind all the time? That's Judy. Okay. Uh. Judy, similar tablecloths. Doing okay. She's doing okay, but it's not as easy. Tripping a little bit on the skirts. <laughs> uh, and then where's where's Lachine in all of this? Where, where does she fall on the spectrum of being able to dance? Oh, Lachine can dance. She's had dance classes. She's had self-defense classes. She's been put through like every extracurricular class by her mom possible. Nice. But also it's not like human dancing. <laughs> but this just sort of adds to the charm. Nice. So I'm picturing like NSYNC sort of dances, like the, the dances to like bye, bye, bye. So this, the training montage or the dancing montage on the asphalt, normal clothes actually fades down and fading up over it is you guys back at the gala setting yourselves up for the dance. The lights have gone down and you're arranging yourselves such that you're going to be able to perform this, making there be some space around you um, because the people up on the stage are striking up their instruments. The one thing that stands out though is the lead singer of the band looks really familiar to uh, all of you. Looks a lot like feedback, but like feedback if his hair was longer and he was kind of doing a grunge thing. And he's the lead singer of this band getting ready to to play. I want to take a powerful blow when I realize that. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, oh God. Oh, no. <laughs> I got a 14. No, oh, my God. Well, I, I guess I have three conditions. So who should be surprised? Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, how, are, how are you handling this? There's a lot of like very dramatic options here. If you leave the situation, you can ruin the plan that we had and we split it up the wrong way. Oh my God. <laughs> Lose control of your powers in a terrible way could be interesting. That is always interesting, isn't it? So losing control of your powers is going to be big drama and we're going to have oh. to go hot probably. Running away from the situation is going to get you a scene with one other person probably in the bathroom talking through feelings. Yes. Which also would be really fun and would still mess up the plan, potentially. We didn't have time to have like a really good conversation between Junie and Feedback yet. Yeah. So like it's kind of superficial still. I think I'm going to break something with my powers instead. Got it. So you're going to lose control. Perfect. Yes. I'm assuming Junie kind of freezes as the lights come up on the stage. And this is Feedback by way of 90s grunge. So he's got like fancy flannel and um, long hair that's pulled back in a ponytail, but one lock artistically falling in front of his face. And he starts to play this song that is so emotional. It's about caring for someone that you just can't quite connect with and having opportunities taken away from you and just wanting to get to know them. And Judy, as you're standing there, what are you feeling? Talk, talk, tell me just like how your emotions are. I think like, I mean, she'd been like upset the past few days, but like she didn't have her, 
she didn't have like a little breakdown like Kat did yet. So she's kind of like had like a wall of emotions that she's kind of been building up. You know, when you just, you're like, oh, I'm totally fine. And then like one more thing happens and you just feel like you just start crying without even realizing that you are so upset. Yeah. So the lights have gone down and except they haven't because Junie has started to glow. And the longer this song goes on, the brighter and brighter the glow around her is. She's either crying, just glowing with the color of her magic. And just as people start to notice this is happening, the diamond in the center of the room starts to glow a very similar color. And people are like, what, what is, what's, is, this part of the sh- is this part of the show? What's, what's going on? Oh, oh no. Yep. And then she's like feeling all of this, right? And it's like her, her burn is going off, but she's not doing it on purpose. I'm not actually going to damage anything. Just going to draw attention to you guys. Other people are looking at her and she feels worse. So I feel like it's almost, it's intensifying the effect on her appearance. So you're getting brighter and brighter and the people around you, uh, your team are starting to notice this is kind of heat. There's starting to be some almost like static electricity coming off of your body. The more upset you get, the brighter your color gets. And after a bolt like arcs between you and the diamond and then evaporate, people are really like, okay, this is not, this is not part of the show. And the, the guards, the bodyguard men are starting to come forward towards you guys. I'm going to uh, grab Junie's hand and I'm going to start our dance routine. Okay. This sounds like comfort and support or provoke. I think I'm supporting. Okay. The the support part of comfort and support. Distractor, right? (laughs) You overheard her give this advice to her, to our other friends. (laughs) Hey, that's a five. So I'm uh, not useful. So he grabs your hand and tries to pull you into the dance. And maybe you do start dancing, but you weren't super great at it. So you trip over your feet and fall. Oh and now God. you're glowing. And as, as you fall, another spark arcs between the, the diamond and yourself. Uh, I think Kat's going to move in. Uh, as lean by Quint. Quint, take Daisy, do something you. Get people looking at you. I'll, uh, Kat's gonna like scoop up Junie. Uh, I'm probably make for, yeah, make for the bathrooms because that's <laughs> out of the way. Are you, are you like pulling her up or are you like actually like picking her up? Bridal carry. Oh, Kat's picking her up. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. So I, I'm, while you're doing that, I guess she's just gonna like, like wrap her arms around your neck and like, lean into your head like ashamed <laughs> as you carry her out. Oh my god. So the camera lingers on your back and it's you cat uh, holding Junie in her arms with like her arms around her and they're both sort of the glow has expanded from Junie and now it's covering all of them. It's very very attractive. You're very illuminated and sparkly. Also very very visible, but you're walking toward the bathroom. Let's start with, stay with Quint and Daisy here and see what's going on. So this wasn't supposed to happen. So you're in a, a like, yeah, the people have spaced out away from you and they're, they've made a path where uh, Kat and Junior, go, or Kat and Junior are going. So you're in the, an empty circle right now. Also like poised to dance. 
<laughs> uh, do, do, do we do a distraction? Uh, I think uh, Daisy has a thought bubble of like, uh, maybe I should stay a solo act. <laughs> that was the distraction, guys. Come on, monopolize it on it. <laughs> yeah, I think she's going to like forcibly take Quint's hands and be like, come on, dance. <laughs> okay, so what this looks like on camera is a bunny reaching up, went reaching down, holding hands, and then breaking into choreography. I'm going to ask you guys to roll defend for this. I can do it. I'm insecure, so it'll be at a negative two. So let's go. <laughs> Can't get worse. <laughs> oh, no. It's a five. Oh, you can't even team that up. Okay. Well, you draw attention. You're, you, you've practiced, you're good at dancing. The dance is not so much the problem. It's that there's a giant glowing person on the other way, uh, the other part of the, the room. So you do get the attention of people around you, but they're still talking about what's going on. Um, but as long as you keep this dancing up, you're going to at least be able to sort of distract Kind of. You're going to have to do something more explosive or dramatic if you want to actually draw attention, though. Just the dance. They seem to do this all the time. This is what QH does. Fine. Quint's going to go up to the stage with uh, other, other feedback. Mind if I could borrow the mic for a bit? Hey. Hey, wait a minute. Quintessential? Dude. Bro. Guys, this is my old bandmate, Quintessential. Remember this motherfucker? I didn't know you were in town, man. You want to do a duet or some shit? Like, remember that old song we used to do? Come on, man. Old time's sake. Oh, oh gosh. Oh. oh, fuck. And he holds out the mic to you. Come on, man. I'll do backup. You take leads just like before. You remember the words, right? So do we want to use imposter syndrome here? <laughs> I do see Quint um, YouTubing his music videos. To see, so uh, you might actually know the song. This was like your first when you were just breaking out. So yeah, I'm okay with knowing the song. Don't think I have any insider information that could be useful here. He knows you well enough. He knows this is a really subdued outfit for you. So you're not quite... It's not like it's enough to draw his attention, but it's not what he would expect of you. So we're going to do a Megadus 2 for this, I think. That is going to be a six. Oh, we didn't do team going into this. So then we start with one. Where are my team? Uh, who's the leader of the team? Probably Larsheen here. Uh, does Larsheen have influence over everybody? No. No. I no. don't okay. know if I got influence over anybody. I forget if I hit those triggers. What is your purpose going into this, all of you? Steal a bunch of shit. Yep. <laughs> anybody have a different purpose than steal a bunch of shit? Quince is probably prevent collateral damage. Okay, so you don't have the same goal. Uh, does anybody mistrust the leader? No. Do Quint, do you mistrust the leader? I'm tempted. <laughs> you gotta oh go God. with your gut. You gotta go with what Quint would yeah. do. You can mistrust me, your childhood best friend from Seriously. another world that you've never met before, but knows <laughs> a disturbing amount about you. I had a cute little bunny. And you are a thief, though. And is also a master criminal. What's not to trust? I, I'm probably going to go iffy, so probably... Is that zero? <laughs> Look into so, my cute bunny face and tell me you don't trust me. I'm going to give you guys one. 
<laughs> okay. okay, one team. Yeah. But you can use this team to bring Quint up to a success if you'd like. Or Quint can use it selfishly if he wants to mess with his team. If you use it to sort of like put Junie at risk or something, you can definitely pass your illusion on. If I could think of a way to do that, I, I that would work. But since I, I can't think of a way that to, to use it selfishly right now. I think that it was obviously reacting with the diamond, right? So if you say something like, is that girl here to steal that? Or maybe not like that, but like. I wonder what their relation. Yeah, that seems very mean. But you do know the diamond is cursed. She's got part of the curse. Is she cursed too? I know you can't, but okay. So then you're just going to take it as a failure? Um, unless uh, Larshin can somehow help with this. Uh, I have no idea how to help. I'm going to watch you fail and use that to go find Rain because I need someone who's competent. She also could. <laughs> oh, oh, painful. You also could text him the lyrics to the song. Yeah, I was thinking that like Cat could just like sub-vocalize the lyrics over to him. Or, yeah, or send him, yeah, send him like a, an audio track of it. I'm okay with spinning the team for that if you guys want to. Okay, we can have uh, Kenzie pipe the song through the headset. Ah, oh, there you go. Good. So you start hearing in your ear, hey, hey, just follow along. You can sing, right? Uh, yeah, and I think Quinn goes to start singing. So, so uh, Aaron does give you sort of a, he plays the intro like four times. And on the fourth time, you finally come in. This is a big distraction, though, because Quintessential Harmony and uh, his former bandmate, who now goes by the name of 320, are singing together for the first time in like three years. So all attention is going to go that way. All right. So now we're going to go to the bathroom with, well, on the way to the bathroom with Junie and uh, Kat. Uh, you guys get inside the bathroom and it luckily nobody's there. So yeah, Junie is still glowing though. Yeah, I think she's. I think she's actually like crying here. Um, I, I can't believe I'm. I can't believe I missed. I. We're we're so. I just. We just got here, and I already messed up so bad. I just. It's. And it's been so long since I've had a flare up like this. I just. <sighs> that sounds like sharing a vulnerability. Yeah. Cat, what do we do? Be okay. Alright, we'll just take a little bit of time. You calm down, and then we will reconsider our course of action. So that sounds like a very cat-style comfort and support. Oh no. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> you get a plus one. Because you have influence over me, so. Oh, thank God. That brings that to a zero. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Junie, what's your uh, your vulnerability move? I can't remember. Uh, when you share a vulnerability or weakness with someone, uh, tell them how they could stop you if it came down to it. Give them influence over you and clear a condition. Okay. And that seems like you've already kind of related that. So, Cat uh, has influence over you already, though, right? Yes. So how would you like to shift her labels? Maybe comfort and support, so 
I guess I'll clear a condition. I'm gonna clear afraid with the reminder that like, my friends are here and they have my back even though I did this, like Kat has my back even though I did this thing that is really messing us up, but like she's here to comfort me. I'm not alone. And then how do you want to shift your labels, Kat? Oh, I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while you guys are sort of deciding this and having a little bit of a moment there, there's a light but direct knock on the door and a a voice calls out. Excuse me, miss. I believe we should speak. Uh, Kat's gonna basically like find somewhere for like Ginny to like find a wall for her to lean against and then go to the door. She's like, what? So... Judy, first, uh, the voice that you hear, you actually recognize. You haven't heard it in a while. Well, you haven't heard it since Dystopia World, though. That is is a much more, slightly more cultured version, but it is your grandfather's voice. Um, and Kat, when you open the door, there's a slate gray-haired man in a very, very, very nice soft black suit. The last time you guys saw him was when he chopped his hand off in Dystopia World. This is thaumaturge, not in costume. So this is Edward Haraway. He's looking very serious. Oh my god. <laughs> uh piling it on. Sorry, you guys gave me stuff I could play with. I'm going to make everything happen. <laughs> uh, so he, he he looks he actually is of a height. How how tall is Cat again? 6 6 foot something? Uh 6 three. Okay, yeah, he's like maybe just an inch above her. So normally he kind of towers over people, but he just looks a little taller. I believe your friend is is she all right? She's okay. She's like sniffling a little bit in the background. He he reaches in his breast pocket and pulls out a handkerchief with a little embroidered E-H monogram. Here, take this. He reaches past Cat to hand it to you. I take it. As I said, I do believe we should speak, but not here. I don't see that happening. Cat, do um, you recognize him? Yep. Okay. I apologize. I do not wish to appear threatening. Cat's gonna lean in close. Probably grab his like shirt collar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's dispense of any formalities. What do you want? <laughs> Sounds like you're trying to provoke him. Uh, yes. Or pierce the mask. Yeah, one of those two. Mm. I'm definitely okay with either one. Uh, I think Cat's. Kat's more like provoking him. Like, she doesn't really want to deal with, like, thinly veiled bullshit right now. Just like, let's get, let's cut to the chase and talk. And I get minus two because I'm guilty. (laughs) (sighs) A hit. All right. Choose one. Yeah, he's going to sort of lean back in and and his voice doesn't change. It keeps this like professorial, kindly tone. It, it seems very genuine. Your friend has magic. Magic very similar to my own. We should speak. Which we? We have a council or we, you, the individual? I did mean me, the individual. But seeing as you know about the court and are willing to talk about it, I still think we should speak before we bring them in on it. They tend to react a little dramatically to things. And I would rather this be as peaceful as possible. I think while he's been 
talking, I have been like trying really hard to like listen for his intention. So I will uh, pierce the mask. <laughs> I rolled a one. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> a one, a one plus one minus one. <laughs> so we're going to do just a brief flashback since uh, Lashin knows all of the council members. Give me just like a really quick scene of you talking about, just explain the court to these people. So the richest and most powerful of the richest and most powerful are the court, a seat of nine people who are pulling the strings and using their machinations to further oppress the oppressed and empower themselves and use everyone else as their puppets and playthings. Mm-hmm. Do they wear black robes and white wigs? Or, or are we talking more court of owls here? I vaguely know what you said for the first one. Don't know what you're talking about for the second one, but neither. They're more like, I don't know, cabal of businessmen. So like, suits in a boardroom so as uh you guys are saying this there's a, a the, the camera actually shows a, a a fancy calligraphy document that's like the charter of the court and it has a vowel scratched out at the end of it oh my and there's like a, one of those little sticky notes where you put edits that this is this is offensive to our animal members <laughs> and then it goes back to you guys oh yeah so, yeah, they are vaguely Kabbalist. The coin that I secured from Montqua's office, if I am able to collect all nines, should give me access to their super secret magic base, which I haven't located yet. But rest assured, I shall. And then we're back to the uh, the bathroom. Um, and they did. Ex- she did explain that Edward Haraway is part of the court. Uh, and sorry, Ginny rolled piece of the mask, and you got a very not good score. Yes, I failed yes. that roll. Um, he does seem pretty authentic with what he's saying, or at the very least, his tone. It's a lot like you're, you, you didn't know your grandfather very long, but you remember that, like, I'm going to teach you a thing voice. And this is what that sounds, what he sounds like right now. So then, will you accompany me? Kat's going to glance back at Junie. I've like, I've like stopped hyperventilating and I'm, I make eye contact with the cat and I, I look back at my grandfather or this other self of my grandfather and where would you have a stock? I have somewhere in mind. He leads you out down a hall into a room. Uh, it seems like it's one of these like like where you would have, if, if you're having a event at this and you wanted to have people have a little small meeting, he takes you to a room like that. It's very richly laid out. And he goes to the fireplace and there's a, a figurine shaped like an owl and he pulls it forward and the fireplace sinks, chunks outward and goes sideways and gives you a door into a path behind that goes somewhere in the bowels of this place. And he steps in first and then gestures you to follow. There's going to be a little burst of pink light as Cat's spear appears in her hand. And it's a fully folded down state. And her eyes just going to like glow pink as she sort of like gets combat ready. He raises an eyebrow but doesn't say anything. Are you going to follow him? Yeah, I think I will. 
these are the, t- the, the passages he takes you through are wood lined and very pretty and they smell like cedar wood. And it's very nice. No dust, no nothing. Uh, and he leads you into a stone. It's the walk goes down uh, pretty consistently. And I mean, despite the fact that Southern California buildings don't have basements, this apparently does because you come out into a stone lined chamber with arched vaulting ceilings, very secret society building. And he goes to the center of the room where there's a, like a plinth that has nine little spots around it that are circles that don't, that look like the size of the coin, but they don't have anything in them. Let us begin. Who are you? And why do you possess the Haraway magic? Hmm. This is interesting because the other self that I met of this man before recognized me as my other self, or at least as a relative to my other self, right? Yes, he did. He does not recognize you at all. Right. So this man does, it seems to generally not know uh, another Junie, which is really interesting. Um mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, the camera fades down on the why of the Harry family power and goes back to you guys. What are you doing now? Uh, Quint is, your song is just about wrapping up. Daisy, what were, I'm sorry, Larshine, what were you doing during this song? Are you making use of the time, the, the opportunity he's giving you here? Yeah, I'm going to go find Rain and Princess. Okay. So, you're a rabbit. How, how do you do your tracking? Like, or do you do by scent? Do you do by sight? Yeah, like ears twitching, eyes looking around. I have a very good field of vision. So your ears sort of twist one direction and then you can see the tail end of his clothes and his the, the, the princess's tail going around a door on the, that it seems it's an employee's only door. He's just gone through, through that. Well, I'm going to follow. Uh, yeah, I mean... It, uh, the door should be locked, so he he managed. He, he obviously has unlocked it somehow, and you pass through just after him, and he um, is like halfway down the corridor. And Princess taps him on the shoulder, and he turns. Oh, oh, uh, I'm sorry. I was just looking for the bathroom. Daisy has like a paw to where her skirt is, and she's like, "Oh my god, can you help me? I like ripped my dress and all the craziness going on, and I'm really worried it's gonna like fall out, and that's gonna cause a big scene because people are so weird about clothes." Oh, totally. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, we are kind of weird, but yeah, um, I think I have a safety pin. Yeah, and I'm going to get closer to him. I'm like, oh my God, so thankful. So what are you here to steal? What? I'm not here to steal anything. I don't know why you would say something like that. Uh, I have a safety pin. Thank you. I'm going to take the safety pin and move my paw away. My dress is fine. Ah, Okay. I'm a little lost. I was just... You're not lost. You know exactly where you are, because you know the bathrooms are on the other side of here. Nowhere near the employee entrance, which is clearly labeled. He takes a deep breath, and then when he breathes out, it's like his entire persona changes. He becomes more focused, less flighty. He becomes like he's thought about all of this. Okay. If I tell you this stuff, are you going to turn me in? Is that what's happening now? Or are you blackmailing me? Well, if I were to turn you in, you'd probably turn me in. Possibly. So what are you here to steal? Why would you steal anything? You're rich. (laughs) Oh, I probably won't inherit anything if my parents pass away. But more importantly, 
I'm here for the diamond and anything else I can acquire. The diamond? Aiming high. Yeah, you can have that one. I can't get close to it. Excellent. So what is it can, that I can help you acquire in exchange for working together? Competing thieves is just so tacky. It really is. And honestly, I'm sick of this persona. Three weeks being the spoiled rich brat was not any fun. I'm just here to steal shit. I have a fence outside that will sell anything. I mean, I figure jewelry is probably a better bet because I can stick more in my pockets than art. And have you seen that art? It's like sculptures and stuff. Anyway, anything. I mean, I was headed down to where they're storing things after the auction and I was just going to hide out until it was over and just take them out of there. Oh, my dear friend. You must think higher of yourself than that. Uh, allow me to reintroduce myself. Larchine Lapan. He knows that name. Oh. Okay. Okay, that changes things a little bit. Um, I get potential for telling people my secret identity. So you're going to... Is this where you turn me in? Aren't you like a good thief? Oh my dear, everyone here is ridiculously wealthy and deserves to have more wealth stolen than they can afford to lose. <sighs> Fantastic. You know, trade-off here. Uh, what do you know about the security system for the diamond? I have, like, the entire thing mapped out. Oh, excellent. I think I'm going to reach into my purse and pull out a spare... Okay, so here's the thing. I need to do a costume change. So mm -hmm. clearly, the bow that I have to go with my dress is not going to go with the all-white tux I have <laughs> okay. slipped away. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pass over my bow, which has my communicator in it, Nice. And pull out my spare communicator, which is like a white rose hair clip thing. That's fantastic. That will put you in contact with my tech supervisor. She will consult with you. Oh, this is wonderful. I don't have nearly this kind of funding. Must be nice to be a rich thief. And he actually ties his hair back with it. So it's right there. Um, and he, he manages to make this look good, too. Um, what he, so he's, really, he's still going to hide where he's going to secrete himself, wherever things are going to be like after they're auctioned. Um, what information are you looking to get from him? I'm looking for support with what's going on. The team I brought fell apart, like <laughs> 10 steps into the ballroom. This is <laughs> not going well. No offense to y'all, but you're a mess. Uh, so he explains that what he's been able to figure out, cause he was trying to do other research, but this diamond's like the big thing. So it has the outer glass case has a tech system on it that's normal, like electricity and touch wires and all that. But there's a second set of protections that he's only heard room, like he knows exists, but he doesn't know much about it because it's apparently magic. And magic is one of those things you don't really talk about. But apparently the one right on the diamond itself is a magical system. And then the outside one is a tech system. He decided just to not bother because he can steal other jewelry way cheaper, way easier. All right, so where did we, we left off going back to Quint? Uh, so yes, you finish your duet with a flourish and uh, Aaron spike back in his stand goes in for the hug. Uh, you see Quint hesitate and then goes in for the hug. So that nice bro hug and he... Go for the one hand arm hug and then pat on the back. Yep, exactly. Guy hug. Guy hug. That was fucking mind-blowing, man. Just... 
Look, you should hang out for a sec, man. We just got finished with the set. We could talk and catch up. Like, how you been? Look, there's one more duet, though. One more. I got to ask you for that. Actually, do you think it would be all right if I actually have something prepared for this? Seriously? That's that's pretty fucking rad, man. I'm into that. I'm all for it. Do you mind if I uh, borrow the stage for a bit? Okay, go ahead. Hey, can we back you up? I mean, you know we're good. You know, not as good as our old band, but no offense, guys. Seriously, no, no but you know we're good. Yeah, l- let me let me start it off, and then you guys can come in. Hey, could someone find the lights for me? Uh, he he has a little earpiece. Yeah, hell yeah. What are you looking for? Just turn them off. Off completely. <laughs> yep. So Quint is going to do a song, but first, once the lights go off, um, his psychic weapons come out, glowing, colorful, swirling around him. Nice. So whatever sign you give, the lights go down completely, except for like the stage lights and the, the, the so like little bits of green glowing stuff to guide people so you don't fall off the stage or into stuff. And you, there's still also a little bit of an outline around the cases for each of the arts. But other than that, no lights. So you have captive attention there. Go ahead and roll Unleash Your Powers to see how dramatic this is. All right. Let's see how I fail here. Hey, that oh. is a 10, a full hit. Fantastic. So you have captive attention. So Quint busts out with a song that he wrote when he was a lot younger. And it goes a little something like this. So yeah, um, after the first verse, uh, 320 and all his dudes pick up on it. They make it sound good. Yeah, you got a very good distraction. So we have... And the lights are off for any thieving. Yes. So leave that dark room with little bits of light. And we're going to go back to the secret warlock bunker uh, with Kat and not Thaumaturge and Jimmy. He doesn't have his arms crossed, but he is standing. He looks alert and ready, but not like he's going to attack anybody. Kat's going to extend out her spear. I don't believe there's any reason for aggression, young miss. Oh, while she's doing that, I will, uh, I'll, uh, burn. Okay. <laughs> I Go was to it. charge my burn. Roll to charge it. How many times have I said that and I couldn't summon it in this moment? <laughs> uh, eight. Oof. Oh, three. Yeah, you're good. Okay, so her burn charge is like normal. But she's wearing this dress that has a see-through sleeves and um, and the upper part of the um, chest is see-through as well. So you can see not only the magic flare on her face and hands 
as you normally can, but also across her upper body as well uh, because parts of the dress are sheer. So um, even though this is like a normal burn charge for her, it's more dramatic from the camera's perspective because there's just so much more, so much more light visible than normal. That's because I am a Haraway. What? That seems like a, a shock. Thaumaturge takes a powerful blow. <laughs> that is troublesome. Which of my sons is your father? Uh, not actually a son. Come again? Nicole Haraway is my mother. I apologize. I don't... He's just baffled. Like, does not know what's going on here. I'm not from here. Interesting. Then where are you from? Somewhere else. I see you have also inherited my sense of humor. Then, if I may ask, why are you here? Well, to be honest, I saw an advertisement with that diamond and I felt something from it. Even through an advertisement. And I had to come investigate. I see. That would be appropriate if you possess the Haraway magic. That is quite interesting. What do you know about your, my, our family's legacy? Very little. Uh, just to check in, how free am I to play with Junie's power source stuff? I don't want to do anything that's not going to be cool with your game, with like what your character arc is. I, I, I don't want to like go some weird ass direction without seeing where you want to go. Okay. So like, I have never really put that much thought into it. I mean, mm -hmm. at this, for her, it was hereditary, but yeah. for Edward, mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Um, so I was, what I had been thinking about, I should have checked this before, but I forgot. Uh, I was thinking about some sort of like family heritage tied to some ancient legacy curse thing. Like many generations back. Yeah. Type like of this thing. has been going for a long time, but only recently have they actually started talking about it and doing anything with it. Something like back to the middle ages, they did a thing. There was a, a pretty rock in a forest or whatever, something like that, where it's been passed down and passed down. And usually it's person teaches the next person that has that power in the family, but that, that broke in, in this, this tradition. That was what I was thinking, but if it's not cool with you, I'll go somewhere else. Yeah, that sounds cool. I would say though, that if we call it a curse here, we don't call it a curse in every dimension type of thing. I don't like curse at all. I just couldn't think of a, like, what's a word for like a, a lineage maybe? Yeah. I mean, I think that nowadays I'd call it like a, a genetic yeah, I think at this point, there is no artifact, right? It's been so yeah. many generations that it's just like inherent to some of the people exactly. in this family. They just um, have certain ties to certain artifacts that come from similar places or things. Yeah, I really like this because like, it's one of those things where different dimensions will definitely interpret this in like a very different way, especially if it's like so many generations back that like the only thing we know literally is what people have said, which means that we might not know the actual like true thing because of the interpretations. So like this sounds, this sounds cool to me, especially because right. We have no idea what happened in like Junie's home dimension. And honestly, maybe it's different. That I like that. My, the things that I wanted were, it goes back into perpetuity and uh, you have artifacts that resonate off your powers. That was the, the place I'm going with this one. Yeah, this is this well, is fun. I do I do like this. Got it. Then okay, let's go back into. I lower my hands a little bit, like a little bit, and I I'm just like, 
I actually know very little, and I'm curious what you're about. Uh, curious about what you're uh, about to tell me. That diamond is connected in some way to our birthright, so to speak. Though I had not had a chance to discover much more than that. I had planned to experiment with it if they had not planned to display it at this event. But that is beside the point. It is somehow related to... I should not even be telling you this. You said you are my daughter's child? Yes, in a way. That is excessively confusing. <laughs> so then, are you also one of my grandchildren? <laughs> no. Mm, you really don't have the build for it, do you? Then who are you? I'm Cat. <laughs> Your friend isn't very friendly, is she? No. Do I have a reason to be friendly? I certainly have not given you any reason to not be. So then, you were here to investigate the Orlov Diamond? Yes. Have a seat, and we can have a chat. And he sort of motions you to another little side chamber that actually is set up like a living room, basically, with really fancy couches and stuff. I'm looking over at uh, Kat, seeing how she's reacting to this. Uh, I think Kat's going to lean over to Junie and just whisper, we are kind of on a tight timetable here. Yeah, I know, but I've never, we didn't have time for this when we were in our first dimension I traveled to. And when am I going to, what if I don't get another chance? Oh, I'm sure if you ever seen Contact us if they need us. That that scene is going to uh, to end on you two going and sitting down in a fireplace chamber with not exactly thought perch. Oh my god, I'm making the best decisions, aren't I? Lashine, what are you up to? Cool. So I've been off panel. I've done my costume change. I'm now wearing a very stylish all white tux. Uh, just to totally throw off anyone who could possibly think that Larsheen and Daisy are the same person. What are you talking about? Daisy would never wear a tux. What? <laughs> it's just a completely other random bunny. Completely other random bunny with the exact same colorations. It's it's fun. It's funny. And I think if I see the lights are off, I'm going to make a play for the diamond. Okay. So it would be more story interesting for you to to actually successfully steal this. So I don't really want to make it hinge on a roll. So are you going to just, how, how, what's your approach to stealing this? You just go kind of charge in and grab it? Well, we've hopefully given Kenzie enough time to at least weaken the tech security. Yes. So she does check in with you uh, pretty mm -hmm. soon after you finished your costume change. Hey, so their system is really good. Uh, but they clearly don't actually have very new people working on this. It's gotta be old guys. Anyway, I, I was able to get it weekend. It's still going to set an alarm off, but you have like five minutes, which I'm sure is like a year to you before anything's going to go off. So, Kenzie, you are the absolute best. I couldn't do this without you. Thank you. Heart, heart hands. <laughs> so she's like, okay, 
So the tech system is down. Physical security is not a problem for me. This magical protection, though. It's just a roll of the dice, isn't it? The only obstacle. Yeah, the like the magical barrier thing is the only obstacle I can think of. So roll... I think I'm going to call it Unleash just to see how this goes with the magic and then I can get you to narrate to me what you're actually doing. So this is going to be a roll just to see what happens with the magic system. Cool. That's a six. So stuff will happen when you actually touch the diamond, but narrate to me how this looks, what you do, what the, what the scene looks like as you get up to there and steal it and then get your hand in there. Because the lights are out, we get panels of... Larsheen in color and then just like vague impressions of the people around her as she mostly uses her hearing to guide her back to the pedestal. And then she like climbs up the jewelry enclosure thing so that she's like reaching in from the top, takes a breath, phases her paw through it and reaches down to enclose her hand around the diamond. So the second your hand touches it, you actually feel like like you got hit with electricity that makes your hand clench uh, to like contract your muscles and it holds around the diamond. And then it's almost a shimmering feeling as you sort of stop being where you are and start being somewhere else. Uh, you want the, the, the space around, the people around you sort of shimmer and disappear and then you end up in a different space but what you see is nothing 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 and then a sort of shimmery flash of light much like Junie's magic uh it's a little bit darker in color where the diamond would be and then it goes back to a black room so let's go back to mystic and cat and set that up so edward haraway is sitting with his cat. he's very grandfather like he's just made to be a grandfather what what are you what are you asking him? What are you guys talking about? Uh, I think Cat's just looming behind Junie. Perfect, looking scary. Junie, what are you trying to get? Like, he seems uncomfortable because you're not anybody he actually knows, but he's able to give you a little bit of information. It seems like he's been dealing with some weird magic shit lately. So this is not the weirdest thing that's happened to him. Just kind of up there. So you mentioned. That you could tell me about the source of our powers? I've been doing a great deal of research into that, yes. It seems that wherever we came from, I believe somewhere in the Russian steppes at some point, it's been passed down in our family since prehistory almost, since before the Middle Ages. Did you not know our heritage went back that far? Has no one explained this to you where you're from? You can show her making a face that's very much like a kid that has a pop quiz they didn't study for. <laughs> um, he, he seems to pick up on that, definitely. I can tell you that something bonded with us. It's so far back, it's difficult to tell for sure. But as far as I'm aware, we came into contact with something that has since embedded itself in our very genes and gives us our magic. You've seen that you can use it as well. It appears that some people in our family resonate with it more strongly than others. It resonates particularly strongly with me. My mother, not so much. 
but you seem to have a similar resonance to mine. Yeah. And when we near certain artifacts, our magic can be amplified or even modified in rather unpredictable ways. Like what just happened to me. Precisely. I saw the magic arcing between you and the diamond. I would be very curious to see what would happen in actual close proximity. We should... You do plan on staying here so we can experiment. I mean, you'd have me? You don't even know, You don't even really know who I am. You're a Haraway. You're a family. Why would I need anything else? Um, I'm going to try to pierce the mask again. <sighs> I And I failed again. That's what I get for rolling something I'm not actually good at. <laughs> he does genuinely seem to be like, I'm not, I'm not true or false. He does genuinely seem to feel this way. Uh, what it seems like is that the power that you displayed, that's what he's relating to, like that, that you have this, that that's making him really want to engage with you. The seeing is believing. Yeah. And I mean, there's, it could be that his family didn't actually, he doesn't have anybody that has the same power that you do, that you're the first one he's seen. Um, it could be that he just feels kind of lonely. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he kind of leans forward, puts his elbows on his knees and looks like, looks deeply at you. You would always have a place here with me. So he says that. There is a sort of shimmering in the air and suddenly a small rabbit in a white tux with her hand around a black diamond is in the middle of the room. The diamond appears in the center of that Oh, no, you're in a different room. Uh, she appears in the center of the room. The diamond is just sort of suspended in her hand. And instantly, uh, Edward stands up and is on the alert. And his hands have that magic like yours do, does, Junie, when it gets magic-y. Oh. Uh-oh. Wait, so is she in the room with us? Is she, she, so she like transported into this room? Yep, she phased out of the other room and into this room because magic protections are smart. And it brought her here. Uh, so, Machine, you're in the middle of this loungy room, plush carpet, big fancy uh, furniture, nice fireplace, and there are Cat looking surly and, uh, and protective, and Junie sitting there looking kind of sad, and uh, you, you know Edward Haraway, who is standing there with his hands all magic glowing. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm standing up as I see her appear. <laughs> um, yeah, Lashine's gonna be, oh, well, if it was this easy to sneak into your secret quarters. I would have done this ages ago. I do appear to be intruding upon a private moment though. So if you excuse me, I'll just take my leave and we can pick this up later. He, uh, Haraway steps between you and the door. My diamond. I'm sorry, your, your diamond? I don't. Yes, my diamond. And as I do not really feel like conflict today as I have just discovered that I have a granddaughter. We will let you just walk out of here. We can pretend that this never happened. You must simply hand me the diamond. Oh, I'm gonna try something ill-advised, but really cool. (laughs) Very well. I know when I'm bested and I'm going to pass the diamond to him, but I would like to try and use one of my playbook moves. Yes, I have 
dangerous web when you reveal a trap you've left for someone using your powers. Roll plus your masks label. Um, I love this move so much. Yes, I want to <laughs> uh, mess with the diamond's magic using my own magic. Nice. So, did you set this up in advance? Set this up like while you were grabbing it before you grabbed it. This is like a trap you set for him. Yeah, like while I'm moving to pass the diamond, I'm gonna like uh-huh. phase it through one hand into the other because I have okay. to like phase through things to really affect them. Yeah. So, what what's the result that you're looking for with this? Like, what's the outcome? Um, I don't quite know what you want to do with it yet. Yeah. So on a hit, I get. Like, it had, like, a weird paralyzing effect on me. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping it'll, like, paralyze him for a bit and I can just take it back and then oh, make no. it an escape. Got it. Can I, can I, I have an idea that might amend that a little if you're cool with it? Sure. You have the ability to phase stuff and this thing just transported you through places. Mm-hmm. What about if you're able to sort of transmute that a little so it'll phase back to you after you're out of the room? Oh, I love that. Because it seems like a good blend of the two powers that you were just interacting with. Yeah. Cool. So, reach out to him, holds out his hand, takes the gem, and... Uh, I have to roll for it. Oh, yeah, whatever. Okay, roll. <laughs> this is one of those ones where failing was not would not be more exciting than succeeding, so... I failed. Okay, okay. So, we... <laughs> We don't have team, but I can help because I have a move that we have never, literally never had an opportunity to use, which is boost. So boost, spend one burn to supercharge a teammate's efforts with your powers, giving them a plus one bonus to their role as if you had spent team from the pool. That is so thematically appropriate right now too. That's amazing. So I'm I'm seeing what she's doing with her uh, magic and mm-hmm. I'm going to... Uh, use my own magic to try to amplify what she's doing. Nice. Are you really that easily going to help Larshin like get one over on your your grandpa here that you seem to have been connecting with? Don't argue the debt. That's the wrong point of view to argue. Just saying. <laughs> um, but I also like know that this man is like in charge of like a corrupt like money laundering cabal that does not like actually give its money to uh, poor puppies out on the street. It does not rescue homeless puppies. Yeah, so I'm okay with uh, with doing this right now. Betraying my grandfather. Again. Who appears to be trying to help me. But then again, I could never really be sure. Having so much trouble reading him these days. <laughs> so so uh, visible to the audience, but not to the characters, is this little sort of trickles of little wisps of Junie's magic coming off her and sort of going over to where Lashine is handing this off. The diamond gets handed off, and he, um... Excellent. My apologies. I never asked your name. Juniper. Juniper. That's a lovely name. I had always thought if I had a daughter, I would name her Juniper. Amusing. If you wish to stay. No, I'm sorry. Well, if you are leaving, is there some way that I could contact you? It's, there's no possible way. Actually, and then I look over at Kat and I remember that she has the spear. Is there a way? Uh, technically, yes. Are you going to give your evil grandpa Kat's spear number? (laughs) Am I going to do that? Probably not. I don't know. I'm so confused. I feel so in character in this moment. I have no idea what to do. 
There's uh, <laughs> sounds of feet. If you still wish to leave, you should do so presently. You're welcome to stay, Juniper, but I would understand if you needed to go with your friends. I will be here. Yeah, let's get out of here. And he very deliberately turns his back and looks away. Yeah, I think we should just start running away. Yep. When you're falling, at that moment, the alarms, the very polite alarms go off. Quint, the lights come back up and there is a lots of commotion happening as the lights come up and they realize the giant diamond is no longer in the case. There's one of my tarot calling cards in the place where the diamond was. I think this one's the tower because this is a big job. <laughs> so there's a, a perfectly illuminated and lit tower card. Um, Quint's going to play up the <gasps> gasp. And the party erupts into chaos. Where, how, I, I, I want to just sort of go through the, the escape, but how are you, where are you guys running to and how? The three of you that are downstairs. I have a getaway truck. Junie, can you teleport? More than one person? Uh, maybe with your help. Uh, let's try it. Yeah, Kat will grab Lachine, pull her in. All right. Let's do this. So whoever's using this power, unless Junie, are you using Flair, you said? I will. Uh, yeah, I'll use um, I'll use move on that. I imagine we are actually also in this moment flashing back to the first time that uh, Kat and Junie have tried this. Um, how, how did that go? I don't remember. So this, I so I think it's, it's part of like the training montage for this mission because they... Mm. This is something they haven't tried yet. And so it's them in the in the alleyway where they were learning to dance. They also tried this for the first time. And they only did it just the two of them. Where we see we see Kat's normal, like pretty subdued teleport, where it's just the air moving where she was to fill in the gap where she was and then uh where she ends up, right? But for Junie, yeah. this is like <sighs> Almost like a, like a transporter beam, <laughs> I want to say, um, where it is like, it is like a, a flash of um, light. And I think that it is, instead of just like a flash of light, I do think it's like a particles, uh, like a multiple light particles, like pretty, like faster than like a transporter beam, but like um, from one place. So like if they were the first time they tried this, say maybe they were like actually holding hands. And one side is Kat's plain side and the other side was um, Junie's sparkling. They had tried a few times where uh, Kat was just teleporting with her and they were, um, she was just like getting used to the feeling and then she tried doing it on her own. Nice. So here they are doing it for real in a mission. Yeah, it's like that when you swirl a bottle that has glitter and water in it, that kind of swirling together spirally thing. And the three of you, discorporate and recorporate outside a uh, it's like a pickup truck with a camper shell on it and there's a red fox uh, behind the wheel. With, he's got like extenders for his feet and his hands on the wheel. Oh! Hey! You guys need a ride? He sort of waves at, at, at Lachine. Yeah, um, I think Lachine got more than a little flustered when Kat just <laughs> picked her up because Kat is very strong and yeah. um <laughs> All my characters are very gay, so that's fun. Uh, <laughs> that fits right in here. She just like 
fixes itself. Ah, Flint, excellent timing. Yep, uh, we will be leaving a little light today, but... And she's going to pull the diamond out of her pocket. Shit, nice. I, I knew you could do it. That's what I like about you, Flint. You make me money, so we're good. Did, wasn't there a fourth one of you? And back to Quint yeah. at his conference, or conference, concert. <laughs> I mean, Quint is connected to them, so they know he knows that they are probably uh, safe or whatever, so he just needs to exit. So what he's doing is, like, again, playing up that gasp. Uh, my, my very expensive designer me watch has been stolen. <laughs> and I'm going to use my powers to amp up everyone's fear and everything to have them start you know, checking for what's been stolen off of them and everything like that. And while they're doing that, I'm going to go exit. Go ahead and roll Unleash so we can see how well this works. Oh, no, this is going to go terribly. You're going to get out, but it might make things terrible. And I, I have an idea of what might happen if uh, I get re- a really good roll on this, which I'm probably not. That's oh, a five. <laughs> well, oh. um... Yeah, the emotions get ramped up. Uh, as you're leaving, you start hearing people shout, hey, someone stole my whatever. They stole my cufflinks. And everybody seems to be feeling like they've had something stolen from them. At the same moment, in through the front doors comes crashing people wearing pro- like wearing black with protest signs, stop gentrification. There's an entire protest that's been happening outside against one of the people that is running this event that has been buying up land and stuff. And they just barrel in because they got their emotions ramped up. So now you have the protesters conflicting with the rich people. It's fun. They're all wearing black and white though, so it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, this works great still. And you guys are in, you end up in the back alley. Uh, well, just one last oh. thing. As uh, as Quint is leaving, assuming like the cameraman that's definitely there filming, thing, uh, filming things gets distracted and leaves his camera, Quint's going to destroy the camera and or storage device. So there's no record of his performance. Nice. And then leave. Nice. Awesome. So you meet them out in the alley and the very nice red red fox man drives you away. I, I picture Quint walking to the entrance of the alley, like fixing his cufflinks and, and rolling up his sleeves again and unbuttoning his the, <laughs> the top of his shirt, uh, pushing his hair down. And God, this feels so much better. So you end up getting driven back to the storage container and uh, Flint takes back off because he has other things he has to do that are very important. And before we focus back on the, the storage container, there's a brief shot of Edward Haraway with the diamond in his hand. He sets it down uh, in a stand on the mantle and turns away to, to go look through some books. And he's writing down uh, Juniper Haraway, 16 question mark. And taking some basic notes about who she was and inheritor of powers. Where is she from? Other dimensions? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And then the camera pans back to the mantle. And instead of that diamond, there is a gold ankle bracelet with a little fishy that says ginger in diamond. <laughs> nice. And then it comes, the camera comes down and comes back to you guys in the shipping crate. So can we use this to get home maybe? Is it, does, it, does it look like it'll work that way? Why are you looking at me? Well, you're the expert. 
I'm the expert with an ENA. <laughs> I'm not the expert with a diamond. <laughs> a dimensional jumping gem? It does appear to have teleportive capabilities, at least. Uh, I was hoping for another assistant in my schemes, but getting you all out of here safely is a much nobler endeavor. And out of your hair? <laughs> I got that one that time. <laughs> <laughs> I think she like scowls and makes a path like, oh, Quinty, you're so grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least no one is going to see my performance. I made sure of that. So, Junie, you're still getting that weird feeling off this, this stone. It's Now that you're closer, it's actually not super comfortable. It feels oily. Like, it's like you're related to it, but it's just off and not quite right. It's not a pleasant sensation. Like, two uh, ends of a magnet that are, like, the same pole, like, getting near each other? Yeah, exactly. Trying to push each other away. I will uh, use elemental awareness which is spend one burn and mark a condition to open your mind to the world around you with your powers. You can ask anyone question about or about the world around you and the GM will answer honestly. Um, so I think hmm, my options to mark here are angry or hopeless. Um, and I think it will be angry because I'm, I think about how this, this uh, man that I met has all of the abilities that I have but instead of trying to like use them to help other people like I have been and how my real grandfather had been uh, he's been using it to smuggle money from uh, and just do what I've been told is bad stuff Uh, (laughs) and so I I, um, I am uh, reaching out with my powers to um, the object just subtly, not like nothing that I, I think the the camera can see, but just something yeah. that um, you can maybe see like from her face that she's like concentrating on it. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm kind of like feeling out like what would happen if I touch this, and so like um, would I be able to use this to get home? Maybe you would be able to use it to get somewhere. It would absolutely take you somewhere. Okay. Maybe use it to find uh, the others. That might be your uh, bigger goal right now, actually. Oh yeah, it's definitely so. Um, and I'm uh, wait. I I could use this to to bring us to another dimension, at least one. It. I can't, I can't really, I, I won't be able to use it more than once. I don't think it will, I don't think it'll follow us, but we could probably dimension hop with this thing. Do you want to try right. it? Looking into Kat's face and also Quint's face. It can't be worse than the slurping earlier. Slurping? Mm. Yeah, that was a thing. Don't worry about it. No, I'm quite worried about it. Feels like getting sucked through a straw, so it's it's not a pleasant feeling. Honestly, the diamonds are best option right now. Maybe we can use it to get. Maybe we can find the others. 
with this jump. That makes mm. sense. Do we need to like have some sort of anchor or something? How did it, like, isn't magic supposed to uh, work with like connections or something like that? Like anyone have uh, uh, something of sentimental value with the others? <laughs> it's not like that. I think if I just touch it, it can pull us somewhere else. But it, yeah, I think you guys, you guys need to be holding on to me so that I can bring you with me. Uh, sounds like a plan. And I, I also think that Edward Haraway is going to come after this. So you better, you know, fence it fast. <laughs> I think Sorry. he could, I think he might be able to find this pretty easily. I will keep that in mind. Thank you, Juniper. Of course. Um, is, is everybody ready? Uh, just about, uh, Quint is going to turn to, to Daisy and, you know, I, things got kind of hairy out there, but, um, thanks for, for helping out. Thank you for your assistance. If it's not too forward, uh, my friend Quint was a rather sullen person for a year or so because he thought making other people unhappy would make him happy. It didn't work. Yeah, sounds like that Quint was a total dick. Is a total dick? Nothing relates to you at all. He's a good person. A dear friend. And just make sure your choices are made for you and not for how they're going to affect others. Um, yeah, uh, sure. So, uh... Are you going to set the diamond somewhere or are you going to hold it? Actually, probably Lurching probably shouldn't hold it while this is happening. That's probably a bad idea. I'm not touching it until we're ready to go. <laughs> Got it. Cat uh, will grab Quint and uh, grab onto Junie. I think both of you should be touching me directly. Uh, Quint grabs onto your shoulder then. Yeah. Um, Daisy, thank you so much for everything. Um, and I'm giving you influence in case you don't come Aww. back. Um, so, um, I have influence over someone. Yes. Um, you know what? Take influence over Quint too. Just like okay. only because they're so terrible, you never want to work with them again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think she's going to say, well, try not to be a stranger. I'll think of an even grander scheme for the next time you drop in. Hopefully next time we drop in on purpose. <laughs> Um. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great place to end it but I think cats buy might be <laughs> yeah so on that note uh, touch the gem and the world gets shimmery again and uh, the camera sees the three of you fade out of existence the diamond clatters to the floor like suddenly just by itself and it's still sparkly but it, it, it loses something that it had while Judy was there and then at the very end of the credits uh, there's a little scene with uh, Larsheen and her lovely little what does she wear on her normal day what's her normal like terminal outfit I can't remember oh if she's Larsheen she is yeah. wearing a tux perfect so <laughs> there is a rabbit in a tux standing in front of a counter that is almost as tall as her head and set the diamond on it clunk. And then from behind the counter, uh, someone looks up, looks it over, picks it up, 
And as you as he raises it up to look at it, you see uh, Phantom's face in this character. Uh, I do believe that Haraway is able to track this somehow. So make sure to move it quickly and move it far away from us. I think we can do that. And that's where we end. Thanks for listening. In this timeline, Junie Mystic Haraway the Nova is played by Siobhan. She can be found on Twitter as at SpellboundMage. Quintessential Hero, the Delinquent, is played by Eric, who is also our fearless editor. He can be found on Twitter as at PrimeFactorX01 or as the voice of Silk in the Shadows of St. Fleur podcast. Catherine Slane the Second, the Scion, is played by Allison. Daisy Pendleton, also known as Lachine the Path, the Janice, is played by Alice. She can be found on Twitter as at MagicalGirlKyra or playing Crash Override in the podcast Unlabeled, which can be found on Twitter as at UnlabeledAP. And I'm Lee, your narrator and dimensional tour guide. I can be found on Twitter as at The Law of Names. Otherware is produced by Law of Names Games. Our other projects can be found at lawofnames.com. It's played in Masks, A New Generation by Brendan Conway from Magpie Games, at Magpie Official on Twitter. Our theme music is composed by Michael Freitag, on Twitter as at Admiral Amara. The actions and opinions presented here belong to the individuals from this dimension only and are not representative of any other selves known or unknown. Otherware is not responsible for any side effect drifting produced by listening to this podcast. Next time on Otherware. Nice pause. Oh no, he's a furry! I can explain why I'm here. Phantom, could, could I maybe recommend focusing? Um, but just because you're invisible, like, you can still get hit? This is fine. I so. kind of assumed that explosions were just part of it. That's above my pay grade, and I don't get paid, so. Don't be rude. We're talking, give us a second. You know, I don't really want to talk about it right now. That sounds like foxes. Let's do this. Not the time, Phantom. Oh, why did I say that out loud? (laughs) Well, that's their fault. I'm gonna leave them to you. And it's gonna hurt someone. And it's just gross. That's his problem. Okay, this is way too easy. That's the curse of being a child genius. (laughs) 